Welcome to The Howler, your weekly look into the state of Wolfpack athletics. Now let's go to your hosts, Ethan Barry and Madison Bell. Welcome into another edition of The Howler, Ethan Barry and Madison Bell alongside you once again this week. Madison, how are you doing this evening? I'm making it, Ethan. How are you? I'm doing pretty good. Uh, we got a, a lot of things to talk about. Not really a lot of things, actually. Really only one thing, the basketball game on Saturday, because it was awesome. And uh, we've got an interview on deck with Alec Lower, a uh, member of the Bass Pack. And uh, we talked a little bit about fishing and uh, a lot about the basketball game on Saturday. So we'll go right into that now. We're pleased to be joined by Alec Lower, member of the uh, bass fishing team here at NC State. And uh, also has lots of good sports opinions, specifically <laughs> relating to NC State. Alec, where can people find your good opinions? You can find my good opinions on backingthepack.com. Is that it? I thought you wrote for a couple other places. Uh, right now, that's the only one. But okay. if you want those opinions, you can go there. And you can also follow me on Twitter. But those aren't quite as good of opinions. <laughs> I think they're pretty good opinions, personally. <laughs> they're funny. I get a good, a good laugh. <laughs> That's more pointless dribble, but you know. <laughs> Alec, we'll go ahead and get started with uh, with fishing. Can you just give like a quick thirty second update on uh, you know the bass fishing team and where they're at this year? Yeah, so um, we're getting ready to start our season. Uh, our first tournament's in February. I think it's February the twenty fourth at Lake Norman. So we've got our schedule picked out for uh, the spring semester, and. Um, yeah, we're just getting ready to start, uh, picking up some new sponsorships, preparing for the year, um, preparing to travel to places. I think we're going to Kentucky Lake this year. We're going to Alabama multiple times for a couple different regionals. So, yeah, that's pretty much where we are. Sounds good. One thing I've noticed um, with you and your good opinions is that you love it when people make fun of NC State and the pride that a lot of NC State people take in the bass fishing. Is that correct? And can you elaborate a little bit on why? Yeah, that is great. I love it when people do that. Usually because that means we just beat them in some important sport. <laughs> so that's part of the reason why I love that. But also just like the knowledge of us, you know, like no one's going to make fun of someone else's fishing team. No one's going to make fun of UNC's fishing team. They do have one. No one's <laughs> making fun of uh, App State's fishing team. But, but we're the one they make fun of because we're the one that they know exists. Right. They know about us because we're good. Yeah, that's a good point. And I know you guys did a while back something with the American Cancer Society and Relay for Life here on campus. So can you kind of explain what you guys did with that and how that whole process came about? Yeah, so that was something that was the uh, the idea of our president, just became president this year, Jonathan West. He wanted to put on a benefit tournament for the American Cancer Society. So that was something we did. I believe last September, or it may have been August, it was at Jordan Lake. Um, we have basically just had a fishing tournament, and all the all the money paid for entry fees went to uh, cancer research for the American Cancer Society. I want to say we raised more than $2,000. It was somewhere in that range. But it was very successful, had a lot of great turnout, got a lot of donations from companies, and uh, it'll be the first of many. Awesome. Good to hear about y'all doing things with the American Cancer. Now let's talk a little basketball since NC State won a big game. 
We were going to ask you more questions about uh, fishing, but honestly, basketball was just so much fun this past week. Um, I'll tell you what, guys. That first half, really the first 30, 35 minutes of the pit game was bad. and I It won't pretty. Yeah, and um, for me, the turnaround um, that NC State had from well, – well, the team probably got back at 2.33 in the morning on Thursday morning. And uh, just to turn around that quickly and, you know, go to the Dean Dome and win, that was the most impressive part about the win to me. Honestly, Alec, your thoughts on that? Yeah, I mean, that, like you said, the first 35 minutes of the pick game, that's probably the worst basketball I've watched us play. Yeah. Even including last year, it was really, they had like, I think there was one point late in the second half where they had four straight possessions with a turnover. Yeah. And it was just awful. And, and the team last year loses that game by 10 points. At least. So, yeah. Winning that game, despite not even looking like you were there, was kind of the moment for me that I knew something might be a little different. And then seeing them go to Chapel Hill and they trailed most of the second half in that game and to still end up winning that game after giving up three or four runs in the second half, late first half, that, that was kind of like the clicking point for me with this team. Like they're, they might not be the most talented team in the world, but they're not going to quit. They're always going to be in the game. And I definitely think that that says a lot about Kevin Keats as a coach and the mentality that he's bringing to this NC State program because clearly he's changed things because there have been multiple games where, like the Clemson game, and even though NC State lost the Miami game, like NC State teams in the past would have gotten blown out in the last 10 minutes of these contests and they end up like coming back and potentially winning or like just falling short. So – I guess, do you feel the same way about Kevin Keats, or do you see it differently? Do you think it has to do with the guys on the team this year, or Keats well, as a coach? That the, a lot of the guys on the team were on the team last year. Yeah. I mean, yeah. it's definitely a, a testament to Keats and how he can motivate his players, and I don't know like specifically what goes on to make that happen, but like you said about the Miami game, even though they lost, they were down by like 12 points immediately and they cut it back to, like, three, like, six different times, and then they were down by 12 with, like, four minutes to go, and they only lost by five. So, I mean, it really is, like, testament to his motivation to keep his players in the game. I think something happened after the Notre Dame game that he yeah. so he did something after the Notre Dame, Notre Dame game to just change the mentality of the whole team because that was ugly. I agree, and really, if you go back, the start of the Duke game, we were down, I want to say we were down 12 points early to that to the devils and i mean those dudes are good Uh, yeah but we were even down 12 we were staring oh and three in the face with clemson and virginia on deck and then you know the team came back i think you know the mental toughness that you guys have talked about is really a big thing but the other thing that i think is important is the physical um what's the word i'm looking for physical condition i guess because NC State has been has been finishing off these games better than I've ever seen an NC State team finish. I mean, if you ask me. Because yeah, I absolutely agree with that. Um, I, that was obviously a huge thing that he brought in. He talked about that in his opening press conference. And I think part of the resiliency of the team is obviously attributed to, to that, to how well-conditioned they are, and they just are there. Their legs are there more at the end of the game than some other teams. 
Yeah, I knew when he was talking about lining the court with trash cans. I knew that. Yeah. I knew that it was going to be. A <laughs> yeah, I knew it was going <laughs> to be a very well-conditioned team. <laughs> I I just think that to go. Well, another thing I'm having trouble getting my words out here, but another thing is, state only plays five players. State only played five players with more than ten minutes the other night. Because I'm pretty sure Lenard had nine minutes off the bench and everybody else had like 35, 40 minutes. And so State is doing this without any depth. I mean, that's really impressive to me. Because once you get some depth, that's going to be a, really a game changer, I think. Yeah, there was only five players that had double-digit minutes yeah. on Saturday. So, yeah, it's a good point. State, I mean, State's not getting anything out of a boo right now. Uh, no. Sam, Sam Hunt is cold. And he's really hey, we're getting fouls out of Abu. Yeah, we sure are. <laughs> Sam Hunt is—he's really just a shooter to me, and he's not hitting right now. Maybe he'll uh, figure it out before then. Lavar Bats is a talented freshman, but you really don't know what you're going to get. Sometimes you get good Lavar, and uh, he's playing under control, and he's a real pest on defense. And then other times, like on Saturday, you get three fouls in five minutes. Yeah. So, I hope Lavar, I think. Oh, go ahead. I hope whatever Al Freeman showed up on yeah. Saturday sticks around for the rest of the season, but you know. Yeah, that's kind of a wild card too, honestly. But <laughs> yeah. with Lavar, I think that Lavar was more important when Markel was out because he was really the only guard that had any quickness to him. Yeah, I agree. So I think. I think yeah. Go ahead. I'm not even sure what I was going to say right there. <laughs> I think I think those two. I mean, if. Uh, I don't even want to say if, but in two years, you know, that those two are going to be a real problem defensively for teams, in my opinion, and especially both of them with their passing ability, too. I mean, neither yeah. of them are great scorers, but between the defense and the playmaking ability, oh, man. But yeah, we'll see. <laughs> I guess we can talk about the tournament a little bit, right? That's now a, a realistic yeah. expectation. Would we agree is realistic at this point? I think so, yeah. I don't – I mean, you still have work to do. One thing that makes me mad is the whole non-conference schedule argument. And I can't remember exactly what you said about it, Alec, but you had a pretty good summary. It just doesn't make sense to me how you can punish NC State for playing the 10th worst team in some random conference as opposed to the 6th worst team. Did you call them that – didn't you say that our cupcakes are worse than somebody else's cupcakes? <laughs> Basically, yeah. I mean, everybody talks about got scheduling because yeah. he was good at it. Because basically, what he did was he got a good number, like yeah, on the strength of schedule column. It was a good number, but I mean, at a certain point, if you're beating, um, what was a good cupcake that we played when he was? It doesn't really matter, but you know, William a team with like a, well, yeah, we got destroyed in that game, but that still, that's a good point. Um, like a team with like the high hundred RPI, maybe, yeah. maybe low two hundreds, as opposed to three hundreds. That's going to affect your strength of schedule number, but it doesn't really matter, right? And and at that point, you're no longer judging the quality of the team if they've proven themselves in conference play. You're really only judging how they made their schedule, which is kind of silly if you think about it. Yeah. Yeah. And it just, to me, I mean, if you're splitting hairs between the last, when you're down to the last spot and you want to use non-conference strength of schedule, then I guess that's one thing. But I just think that with State's wins, State doesn't have any glaring losses to me. I mean, Northern Iowa is probably the worst one. But 
really, other than that, I mean, State's wins are just so much better than everybody else's. It, it just doesn't make sense to me how it could even come down to that, honestly. Yeah. yeah. And the other thing is, it's a schedule. It's not a non-conference schedule. It's a whole schedule. Yeah. If you're only if you're just looking at non-conference schedule, you're basically saying, okay, what teams did you agree to play, and how does that impact the quality of your team? Which is just dumb. It, it should be strength of schedule as a whole should be way more important than non-conference strength of schedule. Yeah. Agreed. One thing I'll be interested to see as, you know, Keats has a second and third schedule schedules that he builds is, I mean, is this going to be the norm? I really hope it's not. I, for one, going to games as a fan, I like to see more competitive games. I'm not interested in us you know, beating VMI by 35, you know. Oh, yeah. Yeah, I don't think this will be the norm at all, though. This was a first-year thing. Yeah, I hope so, anyway. But, and then obviously, you know, it helps with uh, the schedule. I guess we'll see. Alec, before we let we before we let you go, if you had to guess right now, is, I assume you think State makes the tournament at this point. If not, you can say that. If so, what seed would you guess right now? Ooh. It's tough because the seeding thing so often comes down to like the last three games mm -hmm. just because of recent memory. But I'd say if they get the 10 wins, I give them an eight or a nine. Yeah. If yep. they get to just nine wins, I'd say 10, maybe 11. Yeah, I agree. I think it'll be interesting. I think State's got a really another good chance to beat Chapel Hill again. Uh, in a couple weeks, so I guess we'll see what happens there. I can't remember the last time we ever slept, swept Chapel Hill. Oh, that was like 15 years ago. Yeah, and I can't imagine that Roy Williams will... Part of me is like, there's no way Roy lets that happen, but at the same time, you know, he's not on the court, so... The thing about that this year is that their team isn't that great. No, it's not. I mean, we were always... We, we could be competitive with them. I think everybody thought we were capable of being competitive with them. It was just the, the venue we were playing in that scared most fans. Yeah. yeah. I thought we would I thought we would win the second game for sure. With that I short thought we'd turnaround. have a good chance at it. Yeah, after two week turnaround, I thought we'd have a good shot. But hey, we got the first one, so now we can go out and get our brooms ready. It'll be interesting <laughs> to see if Roy decides to switch out a man. Yeah. I, I doubt it. I, I don't think he I will think either. his pride is a little bit yeah. You say switch out a man? Yeah, yeah, play the zone. Play zone. Hey, if we're going to shoot like that, he can do that. Yeah. <laughs> He's more than welcome to. Yep. Yeah. I don't know. I guess we'll see. I I mean, look, I think State can beat them without shooting 50% from three, but I, uh, I'd rather not find out. We can just shoot 50% from three every game. <laughs> yeah, that's a good idea. <laughs> All right, Alex. Before... Huh? Go ahead. Tell Keats that. Yeah, I will. <laughs> All right. I'm sure he would love it, too. <laughs> if anybody is interested in the club, the club fishing, club bass fishing, Alec, where can they find you to get in contact with you to join the team or any other information? All our stuff is on uh, basspack.org. That's our official website. And we're also on uh, Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. Awesome. All right, Alex, thanks for joining us here on The Howler. All right, thanks for having me. Yeah, I agree with a lot of the things that um, that Alex said. Absolutely. He's a pretty funny guy on Twitter, too. Yeah, definitely a solid Twitter follow. Yeah, um, so definitely 
recommend checking him out and also on backing the pack. Um, yeah, it was good stuff. It was a good game too. It was a great game, and um, I tell you what, I really, I I just wasn't expecting State to win that game. I you know. I feel like I always have faith that we like will win. Yeah. You know, like I feel like that's part of like my personality that like I don't count things don't dead count and done out. until. It's dead and done, but, like, I don't know. That was probably, I just, um, I think when Alec brought up the point, he said that it's more of the venue that people are scared of. I yeah, 110% can agree with that. Yeah, I do, I do too. And it just, they made so many runs in that, not so many, but they made three or four runs in that game where it was just kind of like, all right, you know. That's kind of it. At the beginning of the game, they got up six, what was it, six nothing. And we just looked shook. And I was like, all right, I guess this one's going to be over early. And then you look up and we're up 11-10 or whatever it was. Then they made another run uh, halfway through the first half. And I was like, well, you know, better than last year at least. Then we took the lead right back. Then at the end of the first half, they went on another run. I was like, all right, well. You know, then the second half they made a couple more runs, and I just kept waiting for them to push us away, and they never did. I think the biggest play of the game, not the biggest, but one of the biggest to me was Abu took a three, and two of them, we were down by six. Two of them just ran into each other, and TD got the ball and scored. Yes. So they should have had the ball up six. Instead, we scored only, and then we were only down four. Which I thought that was a big play. They were on a run, and, um, you know. And I think that the fact that their biggest lead was only six throughout the entire game says a yeah. lot, too. It was a close game the whole time. <coughs> yeah. So it never, got, it never got out of hand, really, but. I have a Fitbit, and um, you get active minutes based on your heart rate being over 100 beats per minute, and – there are a couple times when, my, like, a couple games where my heart does that, like baseball games, you know. I'll end baseball games with, like, two and a half hours worth of active minutes because I'm freaking out the entire time. That happened again Yeah. on Saturday. It was one of those days where my heart rate was just – Yeah. I was nervous the, the entire yeah. time. Yeah, I was too. And, you know, I just think once again – I don't know. It was just so impressive in so many facets. And, you know, if that NC State team shows up, I mean, that's a top 25 team. Because, um, look, Chapel Hill did not play poorly. They shot – they didn't shoot well from three. But other than that, I mean, I thought they played pretty well. And like Alex said, they're not really a great team. You know, the talent between the two teams I don't think is that different, honestly. But, um, look, still an impressive win, and uh, it really put us on some radars, I think, where people were like, oh, okay, NC State beat Duke and Arizona. Um, you know, that's cool, but whatever. I feel like a lot of people were like, yeah, Duke always loses when they go to PNC. Like, yeah. I feel like that was one of those, like, P 
people were expecting that to happen kind of thing. Not right. expecting it to happen, but, like, no, you're not people surprised. weren't shocked when that yeah. happened. And then you had the Arizona game, which was early on, and then they lost two more games. Well, Arizona's only lost one game since the Bahamas. Um, so they're, they're legit. They're always legit. And um, I'll tell you what, Arizona's got some dudes on that team. Well, and then you had the big win over Clemson. But I don't think people really look at Clemson as a big – I mean, people don't think Clemson, oh, they got a good basketball team, you know. But they're top ten in RPI. So, you know, they're uh, they're no slouch. So I, I just think even though this is maybe State's fourth most impressive win, maybe third, but I I just think it caught a lot of people's attention. Like, all right, may, you know, maybe we got to take st- – start taking these guys seriously but you know we'll see what happens from here going forward you got a week off before um facing notre dame uh look state's got to win that one i think uh notre dame's missing their two best players and then another guy who plays a lot of minutes and um they beat you by 30 a couple weeks ago so to me that's that's a must win it honestly may be the easiest game left on state schedule, hmm. if you ask me. Look, no road game is easy. We saw that against Pitt. Yep. Um, Boston College at home. Boston College has a very good backcourt. That's going to be a tough game for state. Um, so that's why I think Boston College is always one of those teams that gives yeah. NC State a fit. Yeah, but, but this Boston College team is, is legit. I mean, they're, no, not, they're I not just, I oh, they might give agree, NC State some trouble. They're, they're legit. They're not a tournament team, but they're good. Um, yeah. So one thing I wanted to talk about was we've had we've seen coaches have success in their first year. Um, really, Sidney Lowe is the one that comes to mind. He beat Duke and UNC in his first season, uh, if I'm not mistaken, which is all well and good. We all know how that how the Sidney Lowe era turned out. Didn't even make a single tournament appearance. Uh, and then you have Mark Gottfried who. I can't remember if he beat – was that the year we lost to UNC in the ACC tournament for the third time and we got screwed over? I think that was that was that year. Um, C.J. Leslie fouled out with like nine minutes left in the game, and it was just – yeah, yeah. And it was – oh, that was the uh, block charge call that should have been a charge. It was not, and they scored and won. Um, but, look, Mark Godfrey had a good first year too. Um, Sweet 16, obviously, nearly made it to the Elite Eight. But for you, what like, what is the biggest thing that you see with this team under Keats that makes you think Keats is different than Gottfried and Sidney Lowe? I think there are a few things, actually. And feel free to comment in and out as you go. Yeah, I mean, I think we've already covered a couple, covered a couple of them. Yeah, I mean, I definitely think that um, his ability to change these players' mentality yeah. has a lot to do with it. Um, especially after losses like against Notre Dame, mm-hmm. um, and the turnaround that they've had, the past couple games, the ability to finish. Um, I definitely think that that says a lot. But on top of that, his ability to make a lot so so far of the season, a like. This season has exceeded expectations. Oh, for sure. And making more than what you've—I know what you're trying to say. Yeah, like making—I don't want to say something out of nothing because it's not like 
the players that we have aren't nothing. But, like, making the most out of what you have. Yeah. I think that that's definitely something. That's a good point. Um, Because going back to Gottfried's first team, that was a legit team. Those dudes were good. Um, And they just didn't – they weren't good there with Lowe. But then Gottfried came in and – I don't know that he maximized their talent, but he got a lot more out of them. I agree with what you're saying, though. I also think that Keats' ability – because when his press conference, he said that these teams are going to shoot a lot of threes, they're going to run it down your throat, and they're going to play defense. Mm -hmm. And a lot of those things have proceeded to ring true. You know, like obviously you can definitely see that Keats is – Definitely shoot pushing, a yeah, pushing to shoot the three, but it's also I've seen throughout this season how he's changed his game plan around certain teams, and I bring this up a lot. Um, Herb Sindek yeah, was one who was notorious for not changing his style of play to win the game. It was more more so the situation of we're going to play our game and. We're not going to change it. We're not going to adapt to how the other team is playing or what's not working. Kevin Keats makes adjustments at halftime, makes adjustments during the game. He's coaching all the time. I don't remember, like, with Gottfried, I don't remember sitting on the sidelines, him putting someone on the bench, and before that player goes and sits down, he pulls him to the side and he says, this is what I want you to do instead, or this is what you could have done here instead of doing this, and it would have resulted better for you. Kevin Keats is a coach. Yeah. And he's not just coaching his players. He's coaching his assistants to make them better coaches. Yeah. So, I like, I definitely think. Yeah, I agree. Player development has been a, really a huge thing this year. Um, I think we'll see more of the player development next year with C.J. Bryce and Devin Daniels after they've sat out a year. But um, what one thing I wanted to bring up was you mentioned um, the, just the general attitude that he has and that he instills in them. When that game went to overtime, which, first of all, that game should not have gone to overtime. The ref single-handedly <laughs> put that game in overtime uh, because Johnson did not get fouled on that last putback attempt. And if he got fouled, then Markel definitely got fouled on the uh, on the final shot. So the game shouldn't have even been in overtime in the first place. But when it did go to overtime, the TV showed Keats just smiling, laughing, having a good time. He was having fun, and he knew that his team was going to win. I'll tell you what, no <laughs> NC State fan was having fun at that at that moment <laughs> in time. It was one of those, like, he had him exactly where he wanted him, and it yeah. was like, what is ha- like, what is going on? Yeah. And like, why are you laughing? Yeah. I'm sitting over here, my heart rate's 120, and you're laughing. We're over here pulling hair out, and you think this is funny. Exactly. It's not funny. But, uh, I, you know, in perspective, hindsight being 2020. I mean, look, that's just that's just who Kevin Keats is, you know? And uh you know, I think that's a huge thing. He wasn't worried at all. He knew that he knew that State was the better team uh during that game anyway. And uh they'd go on to win the game, obviously. <laughs> um another thing I wanted to point out, State there's an old saying, I don't know how old it is or who it came from. I've just heard it before. You can't. It's either you can't press Carolina or you can't try to run with Carolina, or maybe it's both. But and I've seen it. It doesn't work. It has. It never worked under Gottfried. I've. It's just tough. 
Because you look at the games that they lose, they lose to teams that slow it down and, uh, you know, keep the score in the 50s or 60s. Because when you get into a, you know, upper 70s, 80s points in a game that high, it, it's tough to beat a, that team and Roy Williams. But State did it. State beat them at their own game, which I think is one of the more underrated parts of that uh, game. I mean, what what are your thoughts on that, obviously? I agree with that, and I'm going to go back to the question that you asked me earlier, and I think that has a lot to do with Kevin Keats's coaching abilities Yeah. Um, to be able to kind of see here are their strengths. We're going to play to that to win this game. Right. So, I mean, I I'm mean, sure there were some concerns that – Keats was going to try to run with them. I think one thing, I mean, you say you can't press them. Somebody <coughs> said that. I repeated it. But it's more, sometimes we press, but really to me it's more, most of the time it's just a full court man defense. Yes. Which is, I mean, you're just making them, you're putting a little pressure on them dribble up the ball. And the, ma the full court man doesn't really force any additional turnovers, but it wears them out a little bit. You've got to work that much harder to get the ball up the court. I agree, and I also think that some of that is to throw, like, throw off their groove. Yeah. You know, because if they're just used to casually the walking the, the ball up the court, then, like, they yeah. have time to set up their offense, get everything ready, do exactly how they want to do, do everything that they've been doing the last couple of possessions. But as soon as you play full-court defense, that changes things. Yeah, State, State tried to run a press one time. And it uh, resulted in a wide-open three-pointer, and I, I don't think we saw it again, and rightfully so, which is fine. But, um, look, I just think when we went to the Dean Dome and beat them a couple years ago, it was because we slowed the game down. We looked like Virginia out there and held them to 46 points. And I'll be honest, one of my biggest concerns with Keats was he was not, he was not going to slow a game down against Chapel Hill. And uh, I was – I was concerned that, you know, I don't know how he's going to be able to – I don't know how he's going to do against them if he's not willing to slow it down. But, you know, it shows you what I know. <laughs> but, um, yeah, it was a great game. And uh, Al Freeman, as you mentioned, 7 for 7. We'll see if the light bulb goes off for him now. One thing with Al is he's a good player. I think a lot of people have, um, y you know – they got a bad first impression with Al. Al's a good player. He's a good shooter. Um, he's just got to understand. He's got to pick his spots. I think he was um, trying a little too hard. And uh, I think him coming off the bench helps him with that, honestly. So I like him coming off the bench. And he still he's getting his minutes. He still get, he played 40 minutes the yeah. other night. Um, so Al, Al, if uh, that Al shows up, obviously he's not going to go 7-for-7 seven seven every game, but Picking his spots, hitting threes um, when you need them, you know. If that all shows up, State's going to be a good team. I think that the game against Chapel Hill is going to do a lot for Al's confidence. Hopefully, not too much to the point where he gets yeah. a little. Well, that's uh, that's definitely a concern on over ambitious, but I think that it was good for his confidence because he's in cold for yeah he a couple a big games now. He did have a big second half against Pitt. Yeah, but 
other than that. He played a consistent game against oh, yeah. Chapel Hill. And I think that hopefully he's finding his groove again after being cold for a little bit. It happens. Yeah. but He's really been cold all year. But yeah. But. Like I said, he's a capable shooter. He did it at Baylor. Um, I think asking him to be your best player is, is, you know, a tall order for him. But And, I mean, having Markel out definitely put a lot more pressure on him, too. Yeah. Um, because Keats pretty much likes to have two point guards on the court at all times. Right. And when you only have two, somebody else has, somebody to, has to sit, you know. Or so somebody else has to play. Yeah, somebody else has to play, but somebody has to sit. Braxton or LeVar had to sit, so. Yeah. I don't know. We'll see what happens. Um, I think the game on Saturday is big. State's 3-0 and coming off of big wins so far this year in football and basketball. Which, I mean, that's something State's always struggled with, you know. Beating Florida State. State beat Florida State and then came home and beat Syracuse. Beat Louisville, went on the road and beat Pitt. And then, obviously, after Duke, we beat Clemson. So, look, the game on Saturday is huge for for many reasons, but that might be the biggest of them all. Seeing how this team responds after big wins is going to be it's gonna <coughs> be important, especially after a week off. To me, if you get a week off, there's no excuse for losing after a big win. After a week, if there's a two-, three-day turnaround, like, oh, okay, maybe. But a week off, I... There's no excuse for State losing this game, in my opinion. Thoughts? The only thing I'm concerned about is that week is too much downtime. You yeah. get out of game mode. That's the only. That's, that's the only downside to that. I think Keats will keep them ready, though. Yeah, I mean, I agree, but there's always that potential for falling out of game mode. Not that I yeah. think they practice outside of. Yeah, we'll see. We'll see what anyway. I don't know. It's been fun. It's been a fun ride so far. <laughs> About 20 games in, just over 20 Agreed. games in. Look, the sky, it seems like the sky's the limit at this point anyway. I We'll see, but, you know, the sky looked to be the limit after Gottfried's first season too. So, you know, we'll see. I, I have high hopes. I know you do too. Um, what do you think is this team's ceiling this year? I say Sweet 16. Yeah. I I get a second round. I Yeah, I if this team's in the Sweet 16, I think they're in the Elite 8. I really I I do. Cuz you look at how much better this team plays against better teams. I mean, this team really plays up to their competition or down. Um but we'll see. I'll, I'll, I'll go second round. I'd be stunned to see this team in the Sweet 16. But who knows? Crazy. Honestly, I wouldn't be stunned, you know, if we're being honest, actually. Another thing I wanted to point out, I, me I forgot to bring this up a couple minutes ago, is you talk about teams living and dying by the three, and you were talking about his philosophy and how he's willing to adapt it. I really hope that's the case as we move forward, too, because I don't like seeing teams live or die by the three. Does that make sense? Yeah, I agree. I don't want to see us lose games because we're having a bad three-point shooting night. And, and I'm going to be honest with you. I feel like that was 
Duke for a while. Oh, it was. Was it you usually, live in the and you live and you die by the three. It usually is Duke. It's just not this year because Bagley's yeah. so good. But um, I I just don't want to see. I mean, look when State if State turns into a top ten, top fifteen team, that's going to make State liable for upsets. Is when you have an off night for the three. Mm-hmm. I'd rather. I mean, look. I know Keats knows what he's doing, and you want to be a good three point shooting team. But I'd rather have, you know, alternative ways to score. And I know that we will, but. That just, if you're a living and die by the three kind of team, it makes you more liable for upsets, especially once you get into the NCAA tournament. But I don't know. That's a story for another day, I would say. <laughs> Any other thoughts on that? Um, Not on that, but okay. before we wrap up, shout out to the hockey team yeah. for winning the Backyard Brawl 3 6-5 last night yeah. in PNC Arena. Great game was a fun game. If you want to check out those highlights or the full game, you can look up Pack TV on YouTube. Uh-huh. It'll be one of the first couple things that pops up on that channel. Would definitely recommend. It was a really good game. State couldn't put Chapel Hill away. State was a much better team, but Chapel Hill stuck around. And uh, I think State scored the game-winning goal with five, six minutes left. Clinched their division. NC State clinched the division. Yep. Look, definitely recommend coming out to hockey. That'll be the last game at PNC Arena this year. Um, would definitely recommend you making out to the Iceplex. Um, Friday and Saturday there are games this week. And next week as well. And those are the last games of the regular season. But uh, We always encourage to make it out. But yeah. if you can't, we will be broadcasting both games live. All YouTube. the games on YouTube. Yes, yeah. all the games on YouTube. And then uh, we'll be in Charlottesville in a couple weeks for hockey. Hope to have either a player or a coach on uh, the podcast before then. But Absolutely. Um, definitely want to point that out. And thank you to everybody who went out to the game. We hope you enjoyed it. I mean, my thing about the backyard brawls is if you go once, you're going to like it. You just Absolutely. Go, you go once and you're hooked. People get um, very excited. Yeah. So uh, definitely good thought on that. Um. So, ceiling on the basketball team, you said Sweet 16. I'll go um, second round. What seed do you think State gets at the end of the day? I think Alec was right. So, he said, what did he say, eight or nine seed? If they yeah, win I think he said if, you, if we win ten, ten games. games. Then he said if you win a couple less, nine or less, you're yeah. – 11, well, 12. Well, if State wins eight wins, they're g- if State has eight wins in the ACC, they're going to be in trouble. Yeah. In terms of making the tournament. But, um, yeah, I agree. I think State will be a nine seed. Um, I think you, the other thing you got to keep in mind is State still has an opportunity to play themselves into a double bye in the ACC tournament, which would be huge. Wow. State's one game out of the double bye as, as things stand right now. So that's something to keep in mind as well. And uh, we'll uh, keep an eye on that moving forward. No games before Saturday. State's going to beat Notre Dame. Um, that was confident. Yeah. I, I mean, yeah. Notre Dame beat us by 30. It's not happening again. State won't have any issues being motivated for this one, I don't think. Chip on the shoulder. Yeah. All right. want to thank you for listening. want to thank Alec Lower. For joining us, make sure to uh, check out his stuff at Backing the Pack and also follow him on Twitter at Alec Lower. I'm pretty sure is his Twitter name. I'm not sure if that's right or not. 
But uh, thank you for listening. We'll be back next week for another edition of The Howler. Thanks for listening to The Howler, a service of PAC-TV. Find out more at go.ncsu.edu slash sports. 